0: Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we deal with a really tough issue, and that is, why does God allow it? What, is the, what about the problem of evil? This is, I believe, one of the primary reasons people have turned away from God and lost faith in God, the God of the Bible. And some of it has to do with us not being able to give an adequate, good answer to those who are asking this question. It's my personal belief, as I've done a lot of ministry in Europe over the years, that one of the primary reasons the whole continent of Europe has become so secularized, so agnostic and even atheistic and unbelieving is their inability as a, as a culture, the European culture, their inability to have dealt with the problem of evil during World War I and II, and specifically the Holocaust how could such a thing go on? Where was God? Why didn't God stop it? And whenever we see blatant, outright evil in front of our eyes, as we saw this week with these videos and pictures coming out of Israel, it raises questions about where is God and why doesn't God stop it? And if we don't have good answers for this, people turn away from the faith So we've got to know how to think through this one, and we've got to know how to answer this question. This is an important message we're going to be sharing today, and dare I say also, I want to be real clear, I don't have it all figured out. I ponder these questions, I give some answers, and even though I've been talking about this for decades on campus, there still is some mystery here. There's some mystery about knowing our God and understanding Him in a deeper way, but I do want to jump into it and see if I can give some simple Answers, a framework for how you can discuss this. Might I also add one little disclaimer here, and that is this. When discussing the problem of evil, when people ask about the problem of evil, you need to determine: is are they asking from a personal basis where they have been deeply affected and hurt by someone else's evil actions, or are they only asking from a philosophical basis? And sometimes if it's the personal side of things, you don't want to be given the theological or the, or the, the uh, philosophical answer, at least not initially. What you want to do is have some empathy and sympathy and some kindness and some uh, hurt with them. As it says in Romans, that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And indeed, I know some of my friends in Israel, they're weeping right now. They're shattered. They're shocked. They're, they're hurting deeply and uh and my answer is sympathy and kindness be a listening ear and and want to encourage them and support them as best i can but really to be weeping with those who are weeping because there's very few families over there who've not been have not been touched in a very personal way by this but that happens in america too there are people here who are victims of other people's evil and we don't want to just, and maybe very personal, might, might not be a headline, it might not have been in an in a internet or news article or video anywhere, but it's still hurt because of this problem of evil. Why does God allow it? Now, there are two extremes here, and one is what we, what I'm going to call, what is called deism, and deism is the idea that God isn't really involved in the world. He started the world, the, the images of a clockmaker, he wound up the clock, he lets it run, And uh, basically, man's decisions control everything. God just got natural laws going, the laws of science, and then he stepped out and he's uninvolved. The other extreme, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it ultra-sovereignty. And that is that the sovereignty relates to the God's power and that God is in control. But there's a view that is, shall we say, is ultra-sovereignty. And that is that God controls everything. And sometimes I hear believers, <clears throat> when faced with real tragedy, and it, 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 it disturbs my spirit, to be honest, to hear people almost glibly say, oh, well, God's in control. Good to know God's in control. Now, if they're saying that to bring comfort and peace to someone who's struggling, and they say that with true empathy uh, and from a, from a heart that's hurting with that person, that's one thing. If they're saying kind of flippantly, like "Hey, nothing to worry about; it's all going to work out. God's in control." I'm not sure that I'm not sure that's scripturally accurate, and I'm not. And I wonder if there are times. I know this would be a controversial to say, but there's there may be some times when it doesn't seem like God is in control, and some things happen that God doesn't want to happen, and the will of God is not being accomplished, and Satan is gaining some real. Victories. The the the, when you go into philosophy class, sometimes a professor will put three questions up on the board for the students to grapple with, and they go like this: Number one, God is good and loving, or they might even say all good and all loving. Number two, God's all powerful. Number three, there is evil in the world. And then the professor informs the students that any two of these statements can be true, but not all three well, you know, there's evil in the world. You've experienced it. You see it. It's on the TV all the time. We see the evil in the world. And the argument goes that if God is all good and all loving, but there's evil in the world, that he mustn't be powerful enough to stop it. Or if God is all powerful and there's evil in the world, then God doesn't care enough to stop it. He's not loving enough to stop it. And so how do you answer this question? And this is a question people struggle with whether they articulated this clearly or not, they wonder, where is God? Why does God allow it? Why didn't God stop it? And it may be something, you might have been mugged, you might have been beat up, you might have been assaulted, you might have had someone in your family who was murdered, you might have have been the victim of a violent crime or something like this, and you wonder, why did God allow it? Could He not stop it? Does He not care? You, it, or it, it might be personal like that, or it might be you see these images of a national tragedy, like what's happened in Israel, and you say, why does God allow it? Where is He? These are legitimate questions. And if you don't know how to answer this question, then you're going to lose your faith, because the God of the Bible is presented as all-powerful and all-loving, and we know there's evil in the world, and you got to know how to answer this. If I were sitting in that classroom and the professor asked the question, I would say, well, can I put another statement on the board? And then all four of them can be true. Here it is, the fourth statement, God allows people to make moral decisions. And the moral decisions we make have real life consequences. Yes, God is all powerful, but he's given genuine power to people. And when we, we wanna understand what this term all powerful means. This this maybe is a message for another time, but I sometimes point out there are things God can't do. The fact He's all-powerful, some people in the Muslim world, they believe that means God controls every single action that happens, and we're basically it, uh, irrelevant. Humans are irrelevant, and, and uh, there are a lot of Christians who believe this, and they believe that whatever happens, well, that's what God determined to happen. I would like to suggest God gives genuine authority to make moral decisions to human people. We're not robots. We make decisions. And that our decisions can have real consequences. That does not mean that God is not all powerful. God God is able to create the universe in a word. He's able to raise the dead. But, But there's some things God can't do God can't violate himself. God can't go back on who he is. God can't stop being God. God can't make a square circle. There are things that God, he, he's, whether he's chosen to limit himself or whether he's, he's He's given this real power to people, I this is a question I cannot answer. But the reality is people, human beings, you and me are given the power to make true moral decisions. And we're not just robots. And so when we think of the problem of evil, we can't put all the blame on God. In fact, if you think of the problem of evil, the people who commit it are people who are disobeying God. God has given commandments. In Israel, you shall not commit murder. What's going on, what went on there this past weekend was murder, killing of innocent people. God commands against that. But it goes, you think of all... Almost all the evil that you would experience, it, if, if you're experiencing the hands of another person, it's very likely it's because God gave a commandment and the person chose not to obey God, and their disobedience, their moral choice of rebellion against God had real consequences upon you or upon other people. This is the, This answers the problem of evil. Now, this doesn't get into natural disasters, and I'm not going to take time to do that right now, but it certainly gets into what we saw happen in Israel, and it certainly gets into things like the Holocaust, or it certainly gets into if you've been a victim of a violent crime. People are given choices by God. God is good. God is loving. And, And yet there's evil. Why? Because of us. Not because of God, but because of us. We live in a fallen world. Now, people could say, well, why doesn't God just stop it? And God could stop it. He did that once before. It's called the flood. He wiped out all the evildoers except for one family and his, his sons and their wives. He wiped them out. I don't know if that's what people are asking for, to just kill all evildoers out there, to take away all moral choices. In other words, as we often say, if God were to kill every person who makes sinful choices at midnight tonight, would you still be around at 1201? Well, probably not. God allows us to continue on. God allows us to live even though we commit sin and make moral choices called sin that hurt not only ourselves, but hurt others. And yes, they hurt God. There's some things we need to take from this. Number one, there are times when what God wants is not done. I think we've got to conclude this as Christians. We can't glibly say, oh, well, God's in control. Oh, well, praise the Lord. You know, we can't glibly say that. We, we, we can know that ultimately God works his plan. Ultimately, God accomplishes his purposes. But in time, in time, real time and space right now, today, at this moment, there are things being God, done that God doesn't want. There are people committing sins, violations of God, disobeying God. the the, i can't don't think you can say that god wanted what happened in israel to happen this last i don't know if you can say that god wanted the holocaust how can you say such things this is evil and our god is not the author of evil certainly it happened certainly god was god and yet what do we see our choices have true uh there are times when what god wants to happen doesn't happen why because it's not a, a radical deism that it's all on us, but it's also not a radical sovereignty that it's all on God. We are not robots. We have real choices. We make decisions and they have consequences. God still is involved, but we are too. And what we choose to do is involved too. There are times when what God wants to happen does not, it's not done. Number two, our life choices have real consequences. How can we not believe this? How can we not, when we call people to have faith in Jesus Christ, their choice, their decision, certainly God's involved too, certainly God is calling them, certainly God is opening eyes, but their choice, their decision will have a real consequence on their life. When we're given the commandments of God, any one of them, and someone chooses to disobey them, they have real consequences on them, themselves, and upon others as well. This is just reality, my friends. Our choices have consequences. We are not robots. And we can't disobey God or see someone else disobey God and say, oh, well, God's still in control. Well, yeah, but at that moment, someone is rebelling against his control and disobeying God and not doing what God wants, and there are consequences to it. But listen— For those of us who believe in, love, and follow Jesus, we can know that God will work all things together for good, for the ultimate good. This includes evil that's done to us. Romans 8 28, for we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And it talks then about how he conforms us to the image of Christ. This doesn't say everything that happens is good. And it doesn't say this, and this is not a promise the unbelievers can claim. What it's saying is for you and I, who are followers of Jesus, we love Jesus Christ, that even if evil is done to us, even if people do to us things that God does not want done, we can know that God is more powerful. God is wiser. God can take what was intended for evil and he can turn it around for the ultimate good. We may be the victims of evil for a period of time. We may be hurt for a period of time. We may suffer for a period of time. This is all in the Bible. And yet we know that our God can take this evil and he can use it for the ultimate good. Sometimes as Christians, we're called to to endure suffering. Are we saying that this is what God wants? No, we're just saying God is greater than this. God can overcome this. God can do for us. God is greater than the devil. He's greater than the flesh. He's greater than evil. But sometimes the moral choices of evil people seem to be prevailing. And sometimes because of that, we really do suffer. And when that happens, don't just give a glib. Hey, well, God's in control. Don't worry about it. nothing. Worry. Don't sweat it. No, weep with those who weep. Lament. Lament when sin seems to be victorious. Lament when at the suffering of others. Be like the prophets who Jeremiah said, my ears uh, are have become a fountain of tears as I cry and I see what has happened to the people of God. This is what we need to have in our heart as well, this sympathy and empathy and kindness and, and, and love. And yet it's not without hope, because we know that even with all the free will and moral choices people make that are sinful and evil and hurtful and painful still our god ultimately it might look like we're behind now but in the end ultimately our god shall prevail and if we're on his side we will as well father in heaven we come to you today and we just say sometimes we are confused and how much evil can happen in our world. And we do, we, we, we struggle with the same thing. Why did you stop it? And we want to have, we want to have sympathy and compassion, and understanding for those who are really struggling in their faith right now, struggling to believe there's a God who cares for them, a God who's good and a God who's powerful. I pray, Father, that we would help, you would help us to be clear on this and to know how to communicate with others. So that those who are struggling, we can help them see that their choice, the choices of people like Hamas, have real consequences. But our choices do too. And I pray, Father, for every one of us that that we would see that although we don't have the power of a gun to go slaughter people like what's happened, Lord, we do have the power. Help us to understand we do have the power to make a difference. And sometimes we have no idea how our choices, how big, how significant they'll be help us lord help us to realize our choices matter sometimes your will is not done i pray with us more and more and more we would be people who do the will of god day in and day out we bring good and light into this world where others are bringing darkness and and and, and evil into our world might we be more determined and more strengthened by you and more faithful to bring goodness and light and the gospel of jesus into our needy world we pray for this in Jesus' holy name. We pray, Lord, for those who are suffering today. We pray for those who suffered loss. We pray for those who are hostages today. We pray for those, Lord, who are who are at war today. We pray that your will would be done over there, and we pray for good people to make good decisions. And we pray for the bad people, Lord, to make bad decisions, get, be confused, and to be quickly defeated. We pray for these things in Jesus' name and for revival in in Gaza, for a revival in Lebanon, for a revival in Israel, and a revival in America. People would turn to Jesus and find you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen, amen, and amen. Heavy topic today. It's been a heavy topic all week. We come here every day and get in the Word of God and talk about it, and this week we've had a special emphasis on what's happened in Israel because it really is important, and it does, it does touch upon us who believe the Bible, believe in prophecy and believe that the, in the Holy Land and go there. I go there each year. I have a love for the people there and I have a love for the land and uh, for this this place where Jesus walked. And so it's important to us. We want to think clearly about it. If you haven't listened to my series all week long, we're here every day and all week we've been talking about what's been going on in Israel, the reaction around the world, how we should be thinking about it. I hope maybe you can go back and it can help provide some framework and uh, background and history for you to have good discussions and know how to process this. Hey, folks, welcome. If you're new, I hope you'll subscribe to the channel. Join us every day, either live at 830 in Eastern Time or watch the video later in the day or listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. But give them the word every day. We need to be strong. We need to be wise. We need to be discerning in these days. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.